you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast, your number one source for everything hunting, shooting, fishing, and a little bit of politics. Sit back and relax as we interview some of the most experienced outdoorsmen in the industry today, where you'll learn valuable tips and tricks to make you a more successful hunter, shooter, and fisherman. Here's your host of the Australian Hunting Podcast, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jason Selms, and this is episode 20. Top Shot Season 2 contestant, Jay Lim. Yeah, it was great interviewing Jay Lim for episode 20, uh, May 2012 podcast. Uh, I didn't actually email anyone else and want to speak to anyone else but Jay because season two was actually the first uh, season of Top Shot that I actually watched and just straight away from the from the go get I, I enjoyed watching Jay I felt he was like a little bit of an underdog coming into the show especially when he had to pick you know the blue team and had to pick the teams and uh, there was certainly he had some uh, issues with George Rainus uh, and some of the other guys from the red team but uh, actually Jay eliminated quite a lot of experienced people from Top Shot Season 2 and uh, that's why I messaged him Jay happily obliged come on the Australian Hunting Podcast to chat about shooting firearms and uh, everything in between regarding Top Shot as a TV show. Uh, I thought I'd actually throw a spoiler out there for you listeners of the Australian Hunting Podcast. If you've followed the Facebook page, then you will know I just finished uh, interviewing Coalition Against Duck Shootings, Laurie Levy. And uh, let me just say, this was an absolute eye-opener. And uh, I mean... I honestly don't know what to say. Uh, obviously, it was very, it was maintained very professionally. Um, some interesting things you will hear on this podcast. Uh, I'm not going to give all of them away just yet, but uh, obviously, Laurie, from the things that he said, he won't stop. Uh, yeah, basically, and he won't stop until duck shooting is banned in Australia, and then basically he will throw in his protesting hat and uh, retire uh, from protesting and rescuing ducks from you know, the water of the uh, Victorian uh, swamplands and lakes. So stick around for that for June 2012. You know, because as I said before, Australian Hunting Podcast doesn't just bring you the best in the industry of pro hunting; we also bring you the anti in the industry as well. And I thought, what a great first episode to have on anti shoot than getting uh, Laurie Levy from the Coalition Against Duck Shooting. So look out for that one for sure in 2012, uh, the next month of June. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy it just like I did. And it was very professional and, you know, I reckon you'll really enjoy it. So um, before we do that, don't forget to go jump on my soapbox for the uh, monthly soapbox. Uh, well, you can jump on our Facebook page, Australian Hunting Podcast. Please, please jump on the, the uh, Facebook page. I always love to see photos and videos of your hunts. Get in there, get onto the chat, you know, post up anything you want if you need help with anything. Uh, not, only, not, not only myself, but my listeners are glad to be able to help. Uh, you can also jump on our Twitter feed, AH Podcast. Uh, also, too, you can download the podcast from iTunes. Uh, just type in the Australian Hunting Podcast in Google. Please leave a comment and rate five stars on iTunes. That gets us more, uh, more, more exposure to people in the hunting industry. Also, share it amongst your friends. Share it on your personal Facebook pages. Um, we're getting definitely over a 1,000 listeners per week on the Australian Hunting Podcast, which is just absolutely mind-boggling, which shows you guys are loving what I'm offering and also what we're offering the shooting and hunting community. 
Um, yes, yeah, so you can download it to your iPod, your iPad, all that. We are actually hosted by the TalkShoe Network, so you can jump over to the TalkShoe Network as well and listen to them over there. We aren't far away from getting the AustralianHuntingPodcast.com.au Facebook page up, sorry, not Facebook page, my webpage up and running, and hopefully that will be done in the next four weeks. Just had a little bit of a little bit of a snag, but uh, we're working past that now. Um, we're in the production stage, and that'll be another place you can go once that's up and and running so definitely yeah, you can check that out and I'll give more details and updates as that becomes available um, also what I wanted to do before we get into the interview with Jay Lim I'm actually going to play you a song uh, I was supposed to put it in last month's episode the Dave Brazier Bore It Up Your Magazine podcast but I didn't actually get a chance so this is a song that's going to be uh, from the game councils uh, one of their game managers Brent Waldron called Blaze Orange Hunter so to finish off before we get into the interview with Jay Lim from Top Shot Season 2 I'm actually going to play the song called Blaze Orange Hunter by Brent Waldron one of the game managers from the game Council New South Wales. So I guess without further ado, here's the song and let's get into my interview after the song with Top Shot Season 2 contestant Jay Lim. Consolation is a message to the world Sent to every child, every boy, and every girl. As a wonder what each one of us can do. Hunting comes to mind, there's hope for me and you. Pleasure, they hunt for good. 
Hi, this is Jay Lim, contestant from Top Shot Season 2, and you're listening to The Australian Hunting Podcast. Hi, Jay Lim. Welcome to The Australian Hunting Podcast. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you on my show, and thanks for coming on today. Thanks. It's uh, good to be on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. So, I guess for people... Uh, who might not know uh, who you are, can you give listeners, say, just a little bit of a rundown of who you are, and I guess also how you uh, got into shooting? You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just a regular regular guy out there that just knows how to shoot a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I saw the show, and I thought, hey, uh, I'd be a perfect fit there because they, you know, they shoot guns, they're throwing knives, they're doing this, all this other stuff. And that's what I used to do, you know, since I was a little kid. I uh, first got into shooting um, probably when I was about 10 years old when my dad got me my first BB gun. and uh, But before that, I'd always been interested in guns, so I'd always had toy guns. And by the time I was 10, my dad thought it was, you know, I was old enough to uh, have a little BB gun, and that's when I started. Yeah, exactly. Did you, and you're from California. Did you grow up in California? No, I was actually uh, born in Indonesia. My dad's Chinese, my mom's Filipino. And uh, my my uh, my grandma actually uh, they actually went my dad actually went to a school in Australia and that's where my parents met, so it's kind of funny that you you know you call from Australia and uh, I actually have history there. In fact, my grandma, you know, she still lives in Australia. So yeah, awesome stuff. I guess that's uh, mate. But as they always say down here, the best country in the world, except for the firearms laws. But uh, <laughs> I guess we won't get into that at the moment, anyway. But uh, I guess uh, what what was your firearms experience? As I said before, you know, I guess trying out for the show. Were you, as I obviously you just said you were shooting as a young boy, but are you you know do you like the you know do you just like the pistols? Are you you know shotgunner? Do you love the rifles too? Just give us a bit of a background on your sort of your experience. Sure. Um, always been interested in guns. Um, first started shooting when I was, uh, 10 with a BB gun. I went in the backyard every sing, almost every single day. And, uh, then I moved on to, um, you know, indoor shooting range. My dad took me to the indoor shooting range and I shot, you know, maybe a little bit, uh, 22 pistol. 
Then as I got older, um, I competed in a lot of uh, track and field and, uh, and basketball while I was growing up in a, uh, in a competitive environment. But when I got out of school, there was no competitive, you know, it wasn't very easy to practice the high jump, you know, um, in my backyard or anything like that, or any venue at all, I'd have to be associated with some kind of school. So, but I still had this competitive edge that I needed, you know, in my life. Um, I went to a, uh, a sh- uh, an archery range one day and I saw all this nice equipment. So I started shooting archery and within a couple of years, I qualified for the um, 04 Olympic trials in, uh, in archery. <clears throat> and uh, so that's how my marksmanship continued. That was about uh, 2000, maybe 2001. Um, and then after that, there, we had some rats in the backyard. This was this wasn't very long ago, maybe a year or two years ago. And I yeah. said, you know what? I still have that air gun at my dad's house. Let me go get it. So I went and got that and uh, you know, started shooting the rats in the backyard and I was like, hmm, <laughs> what kind of you know, what kind of air guns do they have now? And so I was looking online and it went all the way up to Olympic level air guns. So I said, maybe I can compete in that also. So I got an air rifle, an Olympic-grade air rifle. Wow, yeah. And then I got an Olympic-grade air pistol, and I actually competed in my first um, air pistol uh, 10-meter indoor uh, pistol competition. And within about six months of practice, I I placed like seventh or eighth, I think, at the uh, California International Indoor Championship. So I was like, wow, competing against the Olympians again. And so I said, pistol, well, why don't I move on to a real pistol? So about a year before the show, I bought a, a Springfield XD9 uh, 9mm. And then um, after that, you know, the ball kept rolling, and I said, I need a rifle. So I got a rifle. <laughs> and then um, a few months after that, I took up skeet. And uh, I met Kim Rohde, who was the uh, four-time uh, medalist in the Olympics in, in um, skeet and trap. And I eventually evolved into Olympic skeet. So, you know, all the way from air guns to rifles to pistols to shotguns, you know, I shoot little targets, big targets, moving targets, non-moving targets. And, uh, you know, when yeah. the show started to air, I was like, I do all of it. And uh, I thought I would be a good fit. Try it out, and there you go. Yeah, no, it's good, isn't it? This uh, I was pretty much the same as you, man. I didn't start off as young as you um, over here in Australia, but uh, yeah, man. Once you get into one, like I was never really a pistol guy. I started. I love shotguns. I love uh, clay target shooting, and you know, then I I just thought, oh, because especially over here in Australia, it's very difficult to uh, you know get your pistol license. It's probably, you know, not not like the states, I guess, in saying that, but. Uh, yeah, I you know I done the the probationary period, then got my first pistol, and yeah, it's addictive, man. All this pistol stuff, and I noticed on the show too, like you said that you started off with the air pistols, and you know I, I noticed that you did you did pick up a lot of stuff pretty quick on the show. I noticed it was great. So I guess you know, talking about the show, uh, obviously you're a golf instructor. Did you think you know maybe? Uh, that given that may give you advantage in saying that you might fly hopefully under the radar from other contestants as a, as a threat to winning the show. You know, just just like anything else, just because I don't compete or just because people don't compete doesn't mean they can't shoot as well as you know military military uh, trained shooters or that's true um, 
or you know professional shooters and that's really what I wanted to show what I wanted to show the world is that hey don't underestimate these people because you know some guy watching the show or some guy that you don't even know that doesn't compete could you know could eventually beat you but um being a golf instructor you know um does help a little bit actually being competitive in many other sports was you know um was a benefit because the military guys maybe they didn't compete they don't you know they haven't uh, been in that environment but i've competed in everything and you know competing in golf isn't as stressful as competing in track and field because um competing in track and field i was a high jumper yeah. and you've got 90 seconds to make to to win or lose and that's a lot more time in golf uh, but in shooting, you know, in, especially on the show, they put you under a time constraint. And I was like, doesn't matter to me because, you know, I've been under time constraints before. So I've practiced many times how to control the adrenaline and how to, how to prepare for competition. Yeah. So not just being a golf instructor um, helped, but, you know, competing in a whole bunch of other sports helped. But golf in particular, golf is a highly coordinated uh, activity. And when you give me a gun where I can just, you know, aim and pull a trigger, that's way easier than hitting a ball with a stick to a target that's, you know, 100, 200, 250 yards away. So on that first shot, when they said hit that target over there, <clears throat> I could probably have hit it, you know, with a ball and a stick. And, you know, George called it luck. You know, so <laughs> uh, you know, good old George, good. good old George, good old. But but we'll get into those few things later on, Jay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, no, I agree, man. I play a bit of golf myself, but oh, that's a frustrating sport, sir. That that's for sure. It frustrates me no end. I head out to the to the uh, golfing range, and you know, I'll hit two or three good ones, and then and then it's three or four shank bad ones, and uh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty, sir. That's for sure. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I guess in saying that, what's your, I know you just told me about, you know, what you like to shoot, what sort of, uh, you know, uh, firearms you'd purchase. What's uh, what's Jay Lim's favorite pistol that he owns or favorite firearm in general that you own? You know, um, on the show, we uh, we were uh, we were using the uh, 1911 platform a lot. And at the time, we were kind of bored of it. But when I got out, I actually bought one. And that is actually my favorite platform now. I can shoot that thing probably as accurately as my um, 22 pistol. Great, great gun. I, the one that I have is a Springfield um, Target Loaded, the A1. Great, great pistol. That's your favorite. Is that, is that in 9 mil? That's a 45. Oh, 45, yeah. We've got certain laws in Australia that at, yeah, unless you're a member of a certain club that's, that, that shoots like metallic silhouette disciplines, basically, we're, you know, in Australia we're restricted to basically under a 38 caliber firearm for pistols. So uh, not, not that exciting, but hey, I guess at least we get to shoot pistols you know, in general. So. <laughs> oh, you got to move here then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've been there. I've been to the States about uh, five times, actually, over the last 10 years. So... I got I got a lot of buddies in Dallas and New Mexico, man. I just if if they give me a visa, I'd be there in a heartbeat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right. I guess I guess what made you want to try out for Top Shot, mate? Was it uh, you know did you want to test your marksman skills just up against other people and some of the best shooters in the U.S. or was it or was it for some other reason? The first season was out. I I started watching the first season and I said, how did those guys 
get chosen to be on the show that was made for me. <laughs> I said, why didn't even, why didn't I even get the opportunity to try out for it? No, it was, uh, you know, it was a fun show. And I said, I, 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 this is what I've been, you know, um, practicing for my whole life is, you know, the shooting sports, not just the shooting sports. You know, we all had a little knife that we had, a little pocket knife that we were throwing it, you know, trying to stick it into the tree. And that's exactly what I, what I did, all of it, not just pistols, not just rifles, not just, you know, throwing uh, weapons, but um, archery as well. So I said, I'd be perfect for that show, you know, and I could, you know, possibly win it because who has a high level of performance in all disciplines? Not very many. And I've reached a high level in all disciplines. So I said, I got, I got to try out for that show somehow. And someone told me, Hey, you just go to this website and turn in the, you know, the application. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a phone call. Yeah, no, that's good. How did you feel? I guess, did you think you'd have your work obviously cut out for you? It was going to be very tough going against not only, I guess, as you said, the military trained guys, but even just the, you know, the gen, the general shooters. Did you think, well, you know, this is going to be really, you know, I'm really going to have my work cut out for me going up against some of the best? No, not, not, not really. Um, not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. I, I think that shooting is, it, it's a high precision sport. But um, I also knew that I had a high, I had accomplished a high level in multiple disciplines. Some of these people just shoot pistols. Some of these people just shoot rifles. Some of these people just shoot shotguns. Right? Kyle, for example, um, yep. he has you know firearms experience, but he shot mainly shotguns. He didn't never shot a bow before. As soon as they introduced the bow, I was like, "Yep, give it to me." You know, I can I can do it. Give me a handgun. Yep, no problem. I can do that too. Give me a rifle. I can do that too. Like George, for example, you know, um, he couldn't shoot a bow. Um, even you know, he he was he's a sniper, so you know, he 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 shot a lot of uh, a rifle. Give him a pistol. You know, the the thing you know in the show is. He didn't have a great pistol grip. Neither did Eric didn't have a great pistol grip. I didn't have a great pistol grip. First of all, my, you know, shooting discipline is one-handed. Anyway, you know, all these guys didn't have great pistol grips, but they were, you know, scrutinizing my pistol grip. Anyway, it wasn't, it, I, I wasn't too worried about multiple disciplines. In single disciplines, yes, I could be worried. You know, um, Brian Zins is a record-holding uh, pistol shooter. I, I knew I'd have problems with him, but you know, it's not about one, one discipline. It's about multiple disciplines. And when you put all that together, you know, I don't think, you know, anyone could come close to what I was doing at the time. Yeah. I noticed that in the show too, you were, which, you know, I guess when you've known something for so long, um, like, especially with your grip, I noticed when you were doing some of the challenges though, you know, you do the training and all that and you were like, nah, I'm just going to stick with, you know, stick with what I know because, yeah, it's too late to change it now. So, yeah, no, it was interesting. That, that that's for sure. But I guess you know, when you first say got on the show, um, did you when you obviously started seeing people when you got on the show and into the house? Did you look at people when you were there, like obviously before you, you know, knew them and say, well, did you have an inkling about who was going to be successful just on people just just looking at people? Yes. Um, you know, when, when they pick these people for these shows, obviously you're going to get all A-type personalities and all competitive people and all with, you know, some level of success. And, and success, there's a pattern of success. You receive the information. You understand the information. You remember the information. You practice the information and you apply it. All these people had to have gone through those 
specific steps in order to accomplish what they can accomplish. Now, just because they have accomplished it in one discipline doesn't mean they can't accomplish it in other disciplines. So as soon as I got there, I knew I was up against people that were just like me having accomplished something. Um, some people did stand out more than others to me. I knew that Daryl was a, uh, you know, he was well-versed not in all, not in a whole bunch of disciplines, but even outside marksmanship. And that's what I was looking for when I was, you know, trying to size myself up with everybody else. You know, are you just a shooter or can you draw really well or can you sing really well? And, you know, all these other things. And, uh, you know, uh, Chris Reed was the same, the same way. You know, he did stuff outside of shooting. And uh, that's how I was too. And those were the guys that were um, formidable opponents for me. Yeah, no, that's good. So, you know, when you pick the team, say, at the start when they did the first little shooting competition, um, obviously when you when you were picking people, were you uh, basing, you know, that on the skills that would, say, make the uh, the red team competitive? Yeah, sure. Um, one thing that uh, they, you know, they, they only show you what they, they want. Obviously, there's only a limited amount of time that they can, you know, show a story. And what I did was, um, you know, I asked people, hey, what do you do and how well do you do it? You know, what's your history and what kind of firearms? Um, and also, do you have a preference? Would you would you rather be on one team or another? And who would you like to be on the team if you've talked to other people here? Now, what they show you is just me talking, but um, I not only, you know, was trying to find out what they did, but I was also getting their input on, hey, what kind of a team would you like to be on? Because this is for all of us. This isn't just for me. I'm not going to pick the team myself. Let's all have an input in this. So, you know, when I was asking them, I said, hey, what would you, what would you want also? When I was picking the teams, you know, um, I knew that uh, Chris Tilly was a handgun guy. Maggie was a three-gun, so she had multiple weapons. Um, Daryl and... Jermaine were both pistol, I mean, uh, firearms instructors. Why not have those guys? Um, Ashley was JSOC, so I knew that, you know, he was a, a winner um, uh, through and through, not just in shooting, but in, in life period, so I wanted to do that. So different things about different people that I that I chose rather than just, you know, the, the weapons. Yeah, you, you, you reckon if you had a, your choice over again, would you... You know, would you go? Would you go back? You reckon and change any of the choices that you made? Absolutely not. Um, you know, people say, "Hey, if you would have done something different in life, what would you do?" Nothing. Well, the choices that I make add up to who I am today, and why would I change that? You know, it's just—it's not about the choices you make. It's about what you do with the choices that you do make. So yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change my my decisions at all. No, that's good. Would you? Would you like? Did you feel a bit of pressure? I mean, obviously, once you, you know, because I noticed on the, I think it was that first challenge. You know, you had to, obviously to choose the teams. You know, you, you you shot really well, and you had the, you know, basically the power to pick the team. So, um, like, because I know I saw George in there saying, oh yeah, he couldn't do it again. So would you? Did you feel the pressure coming from other people that, you know, like I noticed that especially the first and second episodes when you guys were choosing the teams, that you know people were going, oh, you know, he's not the captain, and you know, he's not the captain of this team did you did you want did you mind having that sort of undue pressure put on you no not at all you know uh, one of the first comments that i make and a lot of people you know skip over is i said just because i made the shot doesn't mean i'm a leader it just means i can shoot i'm not the captain of the team i'm just choosing the teams so you know uh, i understood that fully and everyone else should also so um it, it didn't matter to me but it was actually an advantage to me because hey 
I was in control of the teams or at least picking my team instead of just, you know, being one of the other guys shoved into a team. At least I had a little bit more control than any, than anybody else. Yeah, no, absolutely. Good point, man. Um, so I guess who was the, the person you got along with or you think you got along with best on the show and, and why? Um, I actually got along with <clears throat> um, uh, Kyle, Daryl, and Maggie the best on the, on the show. Um, Kyle and I, um, you know, we come from the same background. We both shoot Olympic, uh, Olympic shotgun, Olympic skeet. And, uh, Daryl and I had a lot of things in common. Not as he, not just as he, a, uh, a marksman, but he's, he's a pretty good artist and author also a writer as well. And so we were able to talk about a whole bunch of things. Now, in the very beginning, it didn't seem like it, but, you know, other than, you know, the initial problem that he had with me, we got along absolutely fine outside of that. And you actually saw that um, when, as the show progressed, you know, he became my biggest supporter. I became his biggest supporter. And we'll, we're still friends today. If you check out our Facebook pages, you know, it's just him and me talking about a whole bunch of stuff all the time. I don't have as much communication with anybody else, in fact. So that's a great turn of events. He he's become a great friend, one of the one of the best um, in my life um, because of the show. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? It's always good, you know, when you go on you know competitive shows like these. And you know, we, I mean, win or lose, you can always take something you know uh, personally off the show. And if it's friendships, I mean, that's just fantastic. I think. Sure, absolutely. So who, I guess, uh, getting into one of the uh, more interesting ones, I guess, who was a person that you least got along with on the show and why? Um, I got along with pretty much everyone else at the same level. Uh, you know, whatever the situation is, it wasn't, it wasn't a real, real situation because we knew we were put into this artificial environment, you know, under, uh, you know, a made up scenario. So I don't not get along with everybody, even in life period. If I don't get along with anybody, it's not like I take it to a further extent where I'm going to explore how much I don't like this person. I treat everyone exactly the same up to a certain level, and that's pretty much it. So everyone else is pretty much, you know, um, the same. I did not not get along with anybody. We're all great people. I still talk to almost every single one of them. So, you know, there's not anybody that I didn't didn't yeah. like because you know there's always one on the show and for me i mean it's only my personal opinion as i said it's not yours but it was was george rhinus i think i mean by the end of the show man i was like oh this guy was turning out to be very very painful in because i had friends that watched the show too and they were like yeah because we used to just chat about it on the phone i was like yeah jay's pretty good um daryl uh joe i think it was joe serafini i didn't i really like kyle and um uh, uh was it uh, jamie as well because you guys were the last two on the show and then you know, it seemed like every time, you know, you tried to do something, they'd always cut to George and it was like, oh, that was luck. And, you know, <laughs> especially when he, you, you know, you were there when he used the sniper rifle and he, and he got it, you know, as, as the show said, he got it in the first shot and was like, oh, this isn't luck. And I was like, man, this guy is really painful after a while. I mean, like, <laughs> talk about full of himself. And I'm like, man, if so, if I was on the show, I mean, as I said, I know the show's filmed and, you know, th there can only be so many things and how much of of that is, you know, a bit of a bit of fun and a bit of, you know, to make the show more exciting. But, oh, I mean, he just, he played that part of the arrogant uh, military guy, like down to, you know, like perfectly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, funny thing is he and I, you know, didn't have any, he, none of that came out, you know, 
in the house, and I've actually had longer conversations with him over the phone than some other people. You know, he and I got along very well on the show, and, uh, you know, he and Ashley actually tried to, you know, become the villains. They're yeah. playing it up totally. So yeah, yeah. most of that is just, you know, yeah. just them on just them on TV. But he and I get along great. And true, and there's nothing I can't, there's one thing I can't stand is when someone's trying to, you know, I mean, it's common courtesy to, you know, shake someone's hand, um, you know, out of respect. But, you know, some of the stuff that he said, especially, I mean, me, not, not even towards you, but towards especially because I think Jamie, if I'm correct, was the last civilian on the show. And especially the, some of the things you said about Jamie, and I was like, man, I, I was really just rooting for Jamie, you know, when like towards <laughs> the end, I was like, please beat this guy, please, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just win the challenge, win the challenge, you know, like I just, uh, I couldn't, uh, as I said, maybe, you know, this show makes him out to be a bit, and then especially Ashley too, like I, I, I liked Ashley when he was on the, I said that was on the, was on the red team, and, you know, I felt like also too, when he went on to, well, I think it was the mixed teams, especially when Jamie, uh, Jamie and uh, Chris Reed and George were some of the last guys on the show before like uh, Jamie got voted out. I was like, you know, even even Ashley was starting to get into the you know the pack mentality of you know oh we we yeah we've got to get Jamie off the show and and then all of a sudden he suffered his own fate as well from those same guys that he was trying to you know you know he 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 thought he was a, a group of so. But, uh, you know, I guess that's the way it goes, man. You know what I mean? But, uh, no, certainly, I mean, it made for good entertainment. That was for sure, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, my friends just rang me up. And they're like, man, this choose this George guy. Because we, we used to talk about it over the phone. It was, ah, fantastic. But, uh, right. you know. Um, actually, Jamie, um, he's in the Navy. Oh, really? That's right. Yeah, was he? I think he was a diver, if I'm correct, or a, a diver? He's a rescue swimmer. That's right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No. I, I, once you, I said, obviously you were off the show. I, uh, you know, really was like, just yeah, go, come on, Jamie, you can win this. Come on, because <laughs> I didn't know who. Obviously, you know, I know it was up to like season four this year, I think. But you know, I didn't want to look at who won the show yet, and uh, you know, I'm watching it. No, I mean, it was just, you know, it's a good show. Like I never, because we don't have a lot of the shows that you guys have over here. We have to like search for them on the internet or basically, you know, go on the Discovery or certain channels or the History Channel that they're on and try and find them when they're on because you know australia is not very keen sometimes on you know especially on normal pay free-to-air tv you know uh, right put, right putting on hunting shows and that sort of stuff but i guess that gets into my next question you got to you know you got to fire an array of firearms so i guess on the show you know what was your favorite firearm or or piece of equipment that you used on the show now i all of them were kind of uh i, I had shot everything before i shot the, you know pistols and rifles and you know, throw knives, and I had experienced everything before, so it wasn't really exciting until I got to the 50 caliber. Um, that we can't um, buy anymore here in, in California. There's still some out there for, um, you know, for civilians, but uh, it's not a uh, very available um, gun for me to shoot. Yeah. So that was a unique experience, um, and uh, probably the largest caliber that I've fired and the longest shot that I've fired. So. That sticks out as a pretty good uh, memory for me as far as weapons goes. Yeah, no, so that was a because I watched that one too. I mean, that was, was that a thousand yards, I think? Thousand yards. Yeah, yep. man, that was, yeah, I mean, oh, that was great. What was the recoil, even with the muzzle brake, what's the recoil like on that? Uh, not so, not so much, actually. Um, that gun, uh, the muzzle brake on it actually dissipates the energy backwards. Yeah. So um, the gun moves forward a little bit when you shoot it. So it's the kick on it isn't, uh, or the recoil on it isn't as much as one would expect. 
the people out, you know, to the to the yeah. size of it will feel it a little bit more yeah, than, yeah. than I would right behind the gun. Yeah, no, true, true. No, good stuff. So I guess what you know, you know, when you were competing in the eliminations uh, and the competitions in general, do other guns uh, pre-zeroed in uh, to make it an equal fair contest for all contestants when shooting? Um, and you know, like using all the same ammunition, so it's fair for everybody. The ammunition's the same. Sometimes the guns are different, and they're sighted in differently. Also, not on purpose, but yeah. um, you know. The armors obviously handle the guns, but they're not, you know, expert shooters or um, that that I know of. We were able to practice with the guns a little bit, so we, you know, have to figure out where they're, you know, where they're shooting for us, and uh, you know that's the purpose of the practice. But you know, most of the time, you know, they're kind of. I I can't really answer that question properly because <laughs> some of the guns, you know, didn't have adjustable sights at all. No, that's good stuff. Uh... So, um, as you said, there was a, quite a lot of pistol shooting uh, on the show. Did you feel? Do you, do you definitely feel more comfortable behind the pistol, like uh, going onto the show with a lot of pistol shooting? Is that like once you know there was like a lot of pistols, that did that give you a lot of confidence? Mm, no, I. It's you know shooting to me is is a lot simpler than than a lot of people make it out to be. Rifles are actually easier for me to shoot. Um, pistol, you know, equal height, equal light. And put the put the target where it is, and make sure you pull the tr- <laughs> make sure you pull the trigger, and don't move the sights. And that that was that was pretty much it. Um, <laughs> I'd I'd be comfortable shooting anything because it's the same it's the same thing. You know, there's a, there's a release system, there's an aiming system, there's a target, and there's a hold system. So, however, you know, the the hold for the uh, the challenge that I was in with uh, with Jamie, you know, kneeling, I hadn't shot that way, you know, very much before or prone, so the holds were more interesting to me than the actual weapons. So did, 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 part of the, obviously, was the, uh, as you said before, was the archery as well. Um, did you feel, like, confident going into the archery as well, knowing, hey, like, you know, I've done this before, a lot of people haven't done this. Did you feel confident in that too? Absolutely. I felt, um, actually, even more confident that because they were compounds. I yeah. shoot Olympic archery, and, uh, you know, in Olympic archery, there was only one, one aperture, only the front. The rear sight is actually your eye. So when you when you give me something that has a rear sight and a front sight, man, that's that's easier. That's like shooting a gun. Um, shooting a gun, you're not in charge of. You're not responsible for the energy. The energy is is in the ammunition. In archery, you are the energy. You produce the energy. And in Olympic archery. The energy is constant all the time, so your your body is under certain pressure, and you have to aim, and you have to, you know, um, do everything else. You have to create the release system. When I was given a compound bow, I was like, man, this is like a gun. It's got a trigger. It's got a rear sight. It's got a front sight. There's no way I could miss with this thing. So, you know, when they said archery, oh, great. Um, you know, I, I definitely was very confident that I was going to do well in that um, in that challenge, and um, and I did. So, Jay, what was it like, um, you know, after you come back from, say, you know, the eliminations, um, you know, especially amongst the, you know, the red team and the blue team, because the blue team initially got, you know, quite a few people voted out. And, you know, especially I noticed when, you know, people would come back from the eliminations, especially the red team, there was a lot of, you know, egos and, you know, and the, you know, the, you know, 
the mentality of also two coming back into the house and there seemed to be a lot of people grouping together, especially amongst that red team. So, yeah, what was it like coming back into the house after especially, you know, the blue team getting, you know, obviously contestants voted out? Uh, we were actually a great bunch of uh, characters on the show. Um, in saying that, we all got along really well. Uh, we always ate dinner together. We always, you know, supported each other. And, you know, we also had our opinions on who should and shouldn't come back or who's a better shooter between the two. But every time we came back, there was an even amount of people who were happy and people who were upset. And most of us were more upset that someone from our, you know, group had to leave. Everyone got along with everyone really well, so we'd hate to see anyone go home. Um, but at the same time, if we were had a choice, you know, some people were a little bit more relieved that other people uh, came back than others, you know. And some people were surprised. They're like, hey, you know, the golf guy keeps coming back every single time. What's going on with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was great. I just... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it's pretty hard when you come up for eliminations. Yeah, I mean, just in general, people are probably going to get upset and, you know, why are you voting for me? Did, did you find, obviously at the start, which I noticed, it obviously went on, you know, how generally how well you shot. Obviously, when it got towards the end, it was sort of every man for himself or woman for himself. But, uh, yeah, did you, did, you, did you ever get upset when you, like, you know, people were voting for you to sort of, you know, put you through to the elimination? Um, the first one, yes. The, and every elimination from there on was based on performance. I think the first one where I was voted up against Jermaine, that was kind of a surprise to even him and me. I was like, what's you know going on? It's not like I was uh, was didn't perform well. Um, so you know, I was I was a little upset there, and it was a little bit difficult to come back from that because they wanted him to come back and. I didn't want to go back to a team that didn't want me, so that was kind of tough coming back from there. But, um, yeah, the blue team, you know, if you notice, it's all based on performance. We we didn't have, you know, any um, personality conflicts after, you know, the second episode, or the third third episode, sorry. I noticed that, too. I think it was one of the competitions where I think it was on the hill and there was a lot of running involved. And, uh, yeah, I think it was, I'm sure, pretty sure it was Jermaine where he had this sort of, he had the uh, brain snap, and he did some funny things that even he couldn't, uh, you know, uh, he, he, did, he didn't know what happened. And that's when you went up a, uh, against him on elimination, didn't you? Right. Yep, yeah. that, that, was, that, was the, uh, that was the challenge right there. And I hit my shot, first shot, and, you know, um, I, I, don't, I didn't think that was fair. You know, other people took multiple shots, and there I was in the elimination. I was like, <laughs> what the, what's going on here? So, Jay, uh, I guess you were the last civilian to be uh, voted off the show. Um, were you happy with how you know, far you got, or, or were you expecting to go further? I was definitely expecting to go further. Um, being the last civilian is a win in itself, because it's not like I deal with weapons all the time or firearms all the time. Um, but uh, in Season 1, when, we got, when they got to the green team, there, were no more, there was no more voting. So when I got to the green team, I was like, great, everything is going to be based on my performance. And the last two, you know, uh, last two performers would just be uh, eliminated automatically. When we got to our green team um, and, they, and Colby said, well, go home and you know, talk about it. I was like, talk about it. What are you talking about? We're going to vote. What do you mean vote? 
just because we're wearing green shirts doesn't mean we're one team now. There's six of them and one of me. Yeah. I'm going to get voted out every single time just on team-wise. I mean, you, they've spent all this time with them. Well, that's not fair. This isn't one team. If we are one team, then why are we, why are we voting? Well, in that elimination challenge, the thousand-yard shot, I shouldn't even have shot. I, it wouldn't even matter if I hit the target or not. They were going to vote me up anyway. At that point, I decided, or the, my mentality was, this isn't a shooting show anymore. This isn't testing my shooting. This is testing my, you know, or this is a popularity contest. Who do you get along with best? And that's not the show that I signed up for. I signed up for a shooting show. If you're going to vote me up, well, well you're going to vote me up on my personality? I mean, or, or how long, how well you get along with the other guys and that? So it just took you know the, comp- the the competition out of me. I didn't even want to compete at that point anymore. I was like, whatever. This is a you know I chalked it up to this is a TV show where I'm playing myself. You know, so it wasn't a shooting competition for me anymore because it would be unfair for either me or Jamie to go home because we weren't the worst shooters. There were other shooters. There were two other shooters that deserved to go home based on that challenge. And from then on, I was like, you know, I, I just wasn't into it anymore. Yeah, I noticed that too. I mean, I, mean, I was quite surprised with um, Jamie, you know, being on that red team and that, and you know, obviously being, you know, military as well. I mean, it doesn't matter. I noticed they tried to give him a lot of flack for, you know, the type of employment he did within the Navy. But uh, I'm just surprised they sort of, you know, treated one of their own, one of their own sort of patriots with, you know, especially from George. You know, again, it depends on how much the show obviously you know, plays it up a little bit, but. Yeah, I just noticed. I'm surprised. I was really just towards the end, just going, come on, Jamie, you can do this. Come on, go all the way. Once you were voted off, I was like, go all the way, go all the way. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, he, he he was a nice guy, you know, and uh, it's not like I didn't get along with, with everybody there or try to ruffle any feathers, but uh, I don't know exactly what their beef was with him. You know, while we were on the show, I didn't see very much going on. And even after the show, it's like you know, it's, it's over now. And, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, he really deserved anything that, that he, he got over there. No, it was great. So, I mean, I thought, if I'm correct, you went to elimination three times, knocking out guys like Daryl, I guess, which person was it great, not only to go up against in the elimination, but to also knock out of the elimination, knock them out of the show. I don't think there was anyone that I wanted to, you know, eliminate. Um, and, most of all, Daryl, you know, he and I got along the best. It was unfortunate that I was, you know, I was responsible for him leaving the show. Um, and even Jermaine, I thought Jermaine was a strong competitor. And for me to have to take him out now weakens the team a little bit. When, again, he wasn't the one that should have gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 never diff- it's never easy, you know, taking someone out of the show. But, um, you know, I always knew that Daryl and I were the best match he would be my you know final adversary and um unfortunately it happened way before it was supposed to but um you know he was really good to go up against and you know it proves that military trained shooters and regular guys watching the show can compete against each other um, equally yeah exactly no that's right so i mean my only issue with the show and it's it's more of a funny thing here was the the competition because I, I liked you and jamie uh, towards obviously you know the, all the start and the end of the show and i sort of you know could see how it was going to turn out but you got knocked out of the competition by jamie was that sort of 
a hard elimination? And was it hard to sort of finally, you know, pack up your bags and go home? No, not at all. I'd rather, you know, be taken out by Jamie than anybody else that was, uh, you know, more against me on the show. I mean, he, you know, I'd rather get taken out by him than, you know, George or Ashley. So. Yeah, I mean, were you, okay. were, you, were you were you happy with how far you got? I mean, considering, as I said, guys like George, and that were obviously constantly, some of those guys were constantly voting you up for elimination. Yeah, I, I wanted to go all the way, but, you know, what were what were my chances, you know, having been, I mean, even after the show, being eliminated the whole time, I mean, being going up to elimination the whole time, yeah. um, it, there, the, the chances just weren't um, weren't good, so I was like... Uh, you know, it took the took the wind out of my sails, and I was like, it doesn't really matter at this point, so. Yeah, no, exactly. I just thought, I was, I, I didn't know who to, I was like, who who do I want to go here? I want Jay to stay, because I was, <laughs> I was just praying for a, you know, I mean, uh, unfortunately, the gods didn't give it to me, but uh, I was praying for a, a Jay versus George, and you just boot George to the curb. I was really hoping for that, but. Uh, or, hey, or, you can write the History Channel, and maybe they'll make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> or, and then once you left, I was like, come on, Jay, but you're, by, you're like the last son, man. Come on, let's do this, you know what I mean? But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be, but. Uh, I guess what would you say, mate, was the um, you know your favorite thing about being on the show? After all, all it was said and done. What's what's something you can put your finger on and say, man, this was, you know, th- this was great. Um, that's it's kind of an easy answer. Um, I watched the History Channel. You know, I've watched that show, and to be uh, an actual viewer and get an opportunity not just to be on the show but do very well on the show and see how the show is actually made. It was not only a unique you know, experience but a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can't just buy a ticket and go, you know, and go on Top Shot. There were over 7,000 applicants for that show on our season. And I think our season was the hardest one to get on because all our characters were just so colorful. So, you know, again, just to reiterate, it's it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and one of the most unique experiences that anybody can ever go through. You know, not everyone gets to go. So, um, and in addition to that, you know, the relationships that you build and, you know, the opportunities that, that have opened up, like, you know, what am I doing here on the phone with you had I not been on the show, right? Exactly, mate. Exactly, exactly right. No, I, I really enjoyed the show. I mean, like, I'm still... Um, coming out to watch season three, I know it's already been out and finished and stuff like that, and I've already had friends tell me stuff about it. But uh, as I said, th- th- things come out a bit later here in Australia than they do, sort of, especially in regards to shooting shows. But uh, no, nah, man, you did a good job, man. That's why I got you on. You were the first. I didn't email anyone else. I didn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a, you know, email about twenty people and see who comes on the show. I only sent you an email, and you know, you you obliged to come on and chat with me about it. So. That, that's great, man. So you said you still speak to people from the show. Do you? Is it was that one good part to come out of it to keep the friendships going now that you've made on the show? Absolutely. You know, to know that uh, you have friends all over the country, and now, um, you know, it's it's airing all over the world. You know, people. It's very easy for people to get in contact with with me through you know Facebook or my website, and uh, you know, for us as normal people, it's it's nice to meet fan, you know real life fans of the show as much as it is nice for those people to meet, you know, quote-unquote, you know, TV celebrities. So the relationship that you build, not just with the people on the show, but people after, like, you know, you you, you probably look for me on Facebook and, you know, um, add me on there, and I'll know exactly who you are. And if I ever go to Australia to visit Grandma, maybe you're, 
in the area too. You know, I mean, maybe absolutely. You can go, you know, shoot some skeet or whatever that that you can do over there in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can shoot skeet here. We can sh- we can shoot skeet. You know, we got rifles. We just can't have most of the semi uh, semi auto. Oh, we can have the handguns. Just very very highly highly controlled, unfortunately. And uh, you know, there's a, a few a few semi autos and and pump action shotguns. You're not really let unless you're under a certain type of license. You can't really own either. But you know, that's a whole different story for another day. But yeah, I'm only about I think probably thirty thirty five minutes from your grandma. So. Not yeah, far at all, go. mate. If you ever come down, mate, my word, welcome. We'll go for a shoot. Whatever you like to do, man, it's fine. All right. <laughs> um, all right, Jay. So did being you know, in the show, did it um, open up? Obviously, you're a golf instructor. Did it open up any avenues or opportunities either for sponsorship, you know, instructing, you know, other people that watch the show in firearms? Did it open any avenues for uh, like getting into the firearms industry? Um, absolutely. Um, when I, when I, every time I show up to a shooting range, um, gun enthusiasts, most gun enthusiasts, you know, at least know about the show and most of them have watched the show. So every time I show up to a range, someone recognizes me and they say, Hey, I know you're a golf instructor, but do you teach shooting as well? Well, I, I'm a golf instructor. I know how to teach. I've, you know, uh, not, I, I haven't, you know, taught firearms very much, but I could very well do that as well. So what I did as soon as I got off the show was I got um, certified as an NRA pistol instructor, and um, now I teach shooting as well. Um, in addition, I didn't get as many opportunities as some, maybe some other people because I'm not a professional shooter and I don't compete currently, so it wouldn't be an advantage for any of these companies to come and say, hey, you want to wear our products, you want to use our products, because no one would see it anyway. I did get a little push uh, from a company called Clay Delay, and what they are is an automated um, puller. It's a voice-activated puller. So, you know, whenever you shoot skeet, someone's always got to push the button. Well, this is an automated uh, system where you say pull into this little machine, and uh, the clay comes out for you. So now you can practice, you know, on your own. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, we yeah, we got a lot of those ones at uh, our clay target range too. Though you know, you sort of yeah, you put your token in, and then everyone goes up to shoot, and then they got all the things. So yeah, great idea, great idea. That's for sure. Um, yeah, all right, mate. Tell us, um, you know, a story, something that uh, happened either on the show or just in your general personal life too, uh, in regards to shooting or not, that may stick in your mind as one of the one of the best uh, days in uh, Jay Lim's life? Um, one of the things I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, if, if you want to know about my personal life, just come on, uh, <laughs> just contact me and I'll tell you. <laughs> what people do want to know is, hey, was there anything on the show that we didn't get to see? Yes, there was There was a couple of things uh, there. And the one that comes out, that sticks out in my mind a lot, is uh, something that Daryl and I, you know, were doing um, during our stay there. Uh, we didn't have very much to do, you know, there was a, a dartboard and a croquet, you know, and uh, balls and stuff like that, but really there was a lot of waiting uh, going around, so when we weren't, you know, in elimination, there was pretty much nothing to do. Found out that both Daryl and I could sing a little bit, <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we were trying to figure out the words and trying to harmonize the song 
by the Simon and Garfunkel called um, Sound of Silence. I mean, we sang this thing so much that everyone was like, no, stop, don't do that anymore. <laughs> so one of, you know, one of, uh, one of my favorite memories is of me and uh, Daryl bugging everyone with our singing uh, Sound of Silence. So you what you won't be getting into the uh, singing arena very soon. We're not going to see you on like American Idol or anything. <laughs> Maybe you know if I get a call from Simon, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. To uh, finish off the uh, show, mate. If people wanted to, I mean, obviously you're a golf instructor. You've obviously got your uh, NRA certification, as you were saying. If people wanted to get it, you know, in contact with you, I mean, for any reason, for golf instruction, for as you said, the firearms training, or just to you know have a chat with you, ask you some questions. Um, how would they go about that? So websites, emails, how would they do that, mate? Yeah, sure. Um, I have a, uh, I have a book called single digit handicap in 13 weeks, and you can either download that from my website, which is, uh, jlimgolf.com, or, uh, you can, you can download it or you can buy a hard copy. And if you do get a hard copy, I'll sign it for you. Um, as long as you let me know that you're a, a top shot fan. And um, you can find me on Facebook. You just uh, search J Lim Top Shot, and you'll find me there. And then uh, you can always uh, send me an email at uh, J Lim Top Shot at yahoo.com. All right, Jay, mate, thanks a lot for uh, coming on to my show, the Australian Hunting Podcast, man. It was uh, fantastic being able to talk with you tonight, man. You've uh, given us a lot of insight, a lot of sort of what went down on the show. And, uh, man, it was great, man. You represented your team, the blue team, very well when on the show. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I just, from, from, from go one on the show, I, I just, you know, like, if it was actually, as I said before, it was you and uh, Jamie. And uh, even though you're on two separate teams, I just, uh, it's not like I like the underdog, so to speak, on the show, but uh, I always like to see, you know, uh, you know, you know, you guys go far and, um, you know, I wish you'd have gone further and won it, man. You let me down. Nah, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, it was great to have you, you know, have you come on my show and talk to us about, you know, what went down and, uh, you know, how you went and, um, you know, all the things you're doing in your life at the moment. And uh, man, I really appreciate it. And, uh, Hopefully, you know, uh, all the future success to you in the future. So thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you so much for having me on also. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.